Hello, everybody. Welcome to Politics Weekly. Yeah, you keep saying interesting. I, I, one of my goals was to not be, be a boring candidate. What are your thoughts? I definitely uh, think that Brexit is a bad thing. Politics Weekly, a podcast on politics, news, and principles. New episodes every Tuesday on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Government is the problem. Will you still love me when I'm no longer young? President Review, an analysis of every presidential administration from Washington to Trump. This week, we take a look at America's first president, George Washington. All right, everybody, welcome back to President Review. I'm back with Refounding Father, and today we are going to talk about President James Madison IV, President of the United States of America. Uh, so essentially, uh, in 1808, uh, Jefferson honors, uh, um, Washington, what Washington started. He opts not to run for a third term, uh, as president of the United States. Um, he respects that. And so what happens is, uh, after he respects that, um, his secretary of state, James Madison uh, takes the helm. He runs in 1808, um, and he ends up winning by a landslide. Um, He ends up uh, defeating uh, Charles Pinckney, who was the Federalist candidate uh, four years earlier against Jefferson. Um, And he continues being... uh, and he becomes the fourth president uh, of the United States. But he quickly runs into some conflict uh, regarding the War of 1812. Yep, that's um, the big part. So let's start with the basics. What are your uh, overall thoughts uh, of James Madison as a whole? I mean, he was the father of the Constitution, they say so. He's one of the more important founding fathers. Um, I think the most interesting thing, you know, a funny, like, fun fact is how uh, he wrote the Federalist Papers, but he was not a part of the Federalist Party because right. uh, I don't think he liked as much how far Hamilton uh, was taking it. But uh, yeah, I think the War of 1800 is kind of the biggest part of his presidency. Uh, my My favorite part about him was the Letter of Mark which basically said that ships carrying cannons is protected under the Second Amendment. So that's probably my favorite thing about him. Mm. And I think he he did pretty good. I mean, he was he stood up to Hamilton a bit, but he was kind of more Federalist. But uh, 
and I know he initially did, was a bit more, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, like more diplomatic with uh, towards Britain, but once the war was necessary, he fought. Now, now do you believe the, uh, the war was necessary? Um, see, that's a tough one as a non-interventionist, but I think it was almost inevitable. Like, I think the British were just going to keep blowing America and invade it. I mean, they did. <laughs> and and they were capturing uh, U.S. ships. So I think it was somewhat, if diplomacy couldn't work and if Britain was going to invade us. Interesting. Would uh, you agree? I think so. I mean, we, we, we didn't have, a, there wasn't a full-on attack, though, uh, on America. Yeah. Um, so some people might argue that, but... That's interesting, and it was very controversial at the time because when Madison runs for re-election in 1812, he runs against DeWitt Clinton, the the Clinton's ditch guy, Um, and this ends up leading to, um, uh, after he does this, after he runs against Mr. Clinton's ditch, after he runs against DeWitt Clinton, um, he only barely gets re-elected. Um... Uh, and four years before that, he won by a landslide. He got like 64% of the popular vote. Um, and then four years later, he only barely scratches by. And it was actually the closest election uh, up to that point um, when he got reelected. It was even closer than John Adams's victory over Jefferson in the 1796 election. Um, a lot of people forget about that. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would say, I, I mean, the, the war of 1812 is kind of jarring, but I mean, some people will say he did get lucky, um, because, um, ultimately, you know, he was able to end it in a way, um, that he he didn't end it in a messy way. Like it could have ended in, like it could have been like with. Uh, the war in Iraq, where we get into this big scenario, where we get into this messy scenario, and then it becomes, like, really messy to get out of Iraq, but it wasn't like that, it was this, instead what happened was, you know, he actually got, he, he actually got us into a good position where we could eventually sign a treaty to end the war yeah. without... like, Madison, uh, he wanted just a quick little, almost, you know, get the British out of, you know, the America sort of thing. Since we were, you know, the British were uh, hijacking American vessels. So I think he was more just, you know, quickly get the British out and then we don't want a war for too long. You know, he wasn't like a huge hawk where it's like, oh, you know, we're going to have this giant war. Yeah. Now, what's interesting um, is um, Madison's first vice president was George Clinton. Um his opponent in in 1812, DeWitt Clinton, was a relative of George Clinton. So that's that's pretty interesting history. Um, that is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, and he helped to co-found uh, the Democratic Republican Party, which was, of course, the party that... Uh, Jefferson ran on the party that uh, Monroe ran on, and the party that Quincy Adams Quincy Adams ran on. Fun fact: It's actually 
not pronounced John Quincy Adams. It's pronounced John Quincy Adams. Quincy. Yeah, I well, I figured that when I went to uh, Quincy, Massachusetts, because we we all kept saying Quincy, 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 and they're like, no, 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 that's not how you pronounce it in Boston. You pronounce it Quincy in Boston. That is funny. Um. And, uh, of course, uh, Madison makes uh, James Monroe uh, his Secretary of State. Of course, James Monroe becomes the next president. What are your thoughts on him making Monroe Secretary of State? Um, I mean, I don't know really too much about what his other oppositions were, but uh, I think that was probably the better option because he was a big anti-federalist. Yeah, big anti-federalist and was a Democratic Republican, but um, and I think he uh, tried. He handled the War of eighteen twelve in a pretty decent manner. I mean, I don't know how that might have happened without you know a giant bat or a war happening. I feel like it was almost inevitable, even if not preferable. So, I think it was a pretty good choice. I mean, you know, hard to tell who his other options would have been, but yeah, yeah, um, and of course. Monroe becomes president. You know, it's funny. There's a time when all these secretary of states become president. Um, I guess I guess that didn't really work out well for Hillary Clinton, though. Yeah. For yeah. Many recent presidents. Yeah. Um, and and well, fun fact about that, and I'm not gonna talk about. Um, uh, I'm not gonna go too much into this because I'm gonna save this for the John Quincy Adams. Uh, podcast, but one of the, during the disputed election of 1824, when uh, nobody got a majority of the electoral votes, and it was down between Jackson and Adams, uh, Jackson, um, or Henry Clay, chooses to vote for, um, uh, for Adams, and he gets a lot of his colleagues in the House who respected him to vote for Adams because he knows Adams is going to make him secretary of state. And he thinks that if he's secretary of state, then after Adams is done as president, he can be the next secretary. He can be the next president of the United States because he's, he'll be secretary of state and Adams was secretary of state. And then before that, uh, uh, Matt Monroe was secretary of state. And before that, uh, Madison was Secretary of State, and at one point, Jefferson was Secretary of State. It's just, like, interesting how kind of, I don't know if it's a coincidence, that was probably, you know, Secretary of State's a good... Yeah. But, uh... And it doesn't work out for Henry Clay, because he runs for... He, he becomes Secretary of State, yes, but he becomes, um... Like, he runs for president so many times, at one point he almost becomes president... But he ends up losing to James K. Polk. Um, yeah. So, yeah. If we're going to get into things, you know, not too big on, on Madison, I guess, you know, the, the Second National Bank was not good. Yeah. Second National Bank was not uh, exactly uh, his, his proudest achievement. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. But, well, I think we have to also talk about the fact that um, uh, he, the obviously there was the iconic photo of him, with, or the iconic thing where Dolly Madison took out the, the, the portrait of George Washington, which 
when the White House got burned down. Oh, yeah. Which I think probably solidified his legacy. Um, um, which I, th- I, I think for a lot of people that really, that was what made the man, that was what made Madison. Um, and for a lot of people, when, when they think of James Madison, they think of Dolly Madison taking her parrot and the, the portrait of George Washington. But, you know, you gotta give the man credit that he, he was, he was president during that time. He was president during a time when the White House was freaking burned down, yeah. I mean, I mean, you get. When I, when I think of James Madison, I mostly think about you know the yeah. Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Personally, yeah. I think that's his biggest achievement. Is yeah, but like as president, I mean, think about it for a second. Like Trump oh, may yeah. complain about SNL, you know, making fun of him or something. But like you go back to James, I mean, this, Madison. I mean, this was a time when. The white he almost died while the White House was being burnt down. Yeah, that's pretty crazy because that was a yeah. So I think you handled that part well, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because you know, I think the war in 1812. I mean, war sucks, and if diplomacy can't be a cheater, I think that was more on the justified side. Yeah, because you know, Britain just kept attacking and bullying America. I think he had to go through the most... He may have had to have gone through the most... I mean, outside of the presidents that, you know, died, he may have gone through the most intense conditions as president. Oh, yeah. I mean, because what other president had to escape the White House while it was burning to the ground? I mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... But, uh... Uh, some now one of the arguments people have against the War of 1812 uh, is that they don't think it was right because um, America was a new nation; it was a new republic. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I don't know if being a new nation declines than needing this for war. Like, obviously, if you know me personally, you know how like I'm extremely anti-war and stuff. But you know, if the nation's under attack, then I think that was a bit more justified. I mean. The British were hijacking ships and just uh, capturing American soldiers to be in the Navy. Or not even soldiers, just sailors. And they were basically still trying to be in North America. I mean, I think it was semi-justified. I mean, diplomacy clearly wasn't going to work. Mm. Didn't work, but... uh. But they did eventually get a treaty done with yeah, they did. Great Britain. It would have been nice to do without... Uh, treaty without the war. I don't know if that happens, though. Per se. Yeah. Um, what would you say is the crowning achievement of his presidency? I know you're, you're probably going to say, you know, the best achievement yeah. was the Bill of Rights or the Constitution. But what do you think was the crowning achievement of his presidency? Um, probably. I mean, the era of good feelings kind of brought down the Federalists, so that was good. Uh, I don't know how much if you give him that, the era of good feelings. I don't know, yeah. do you really... I, I, I really would say him? so, yeah. And that carried over into Ma- into Monroe, too, because during Monroe, the era of good feelings was so strong. In 1824, nobody challenges Monroe for president. Nobody yeah. challenges him. And and there's only one guy who gave... Uh, who, there's only one faithless elector who gave his vote to... Uh, John Quincy Adams, um, and there's an urban legend that he did it because he wanted 
um, he wanted uh, uh, Washington to be the only candidate in history who ever got all the electoral votes in the electoral college. Although that he was at, but he actually was asked about it, and he actually said later in his books, he said the guy, the faithless elector, said actually I just I just didn't like Monroe, so I just didn't give my elector to Monroe. Uh, I see. That's I, I don't know. That's an interesting urban legend, though. But uh, well, there could be possible. I mean, there are a lot of those urban legends. Well, there's like you know you've probably heard the urban re- legend that um, William Henry Harrison died of pneumonia, or he died because he didn't put on a jacket and he gave a speech oh, to him. Yeah. That wasn't actually how he died. It was because of unsanitary conditions uh, in the White House. Yeah, yeah, that's just, yeah, because being too cold isn't really how you're going to, unless you get hypothermia, but that's not how you would die. Yeah, well, I was at, I was at a Constitution event, uh, and then there was this one guy who was, who was like a big historian, and he was saying, oh, well, you know, William Henry Harrison, uh, he, um, he got a cold and he died, and I was like, eh, not exactly. Yeah, you. I don't even think back then people died of colds per se. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong on that, but I think there were a few, but I don't think he was one of them. Yeah. But what um what would you say is um the Achilles heel of Madison's administration? I say creating another central or central bank. Yeah, the second uh, national bank. Yeah. I think that's his Achilles heel because. I know he was originally, correct me if I'm wrong, he was pretty skeptical of the first one, but he obviously wanted the second one because, you know, Britain was invaded. We were at war with Britain. Do you think he had Federalist tendencies, even though he eventually went against Federalism? Do you think he had some... he was pro-Federalism, just, I think he was a bit more, less authoritarian than, say, Hamilton. Like, Hamilton was... You know, Federalist, but he wanted more power to the federal government. I think Madison was a Federalist, but wanted a balance of part of powers. And then you go to Jefferson, where Jefferson wanted more power to the states. So I think Madison might have been, you know, kind of in the middle of it. But so he had some Federalist tendencies, but I wouldn't say he's like Hamilton, where he, you know, is basically wants a large, strong. Uh, government. Yeah. And and wanted to duel with Aaron Burr, I should add. Thought he I'm could sorry? take a and he thought he could take on Aaron Burr. Hamilton? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um but anyways, um uh what were your thoughts on George Clinton as a uh, as a vice president? On George Clinton? I'm not too much into George Clinton, but uh, I mean, he was a Democratic Republican, so he obviously was, you know, not a huge federalist. Fed- I, I can't federalist. speak, can I? Federalist, sorry about that. And we've only had one Federalist president, and that was John Adams. John Adams. But, uh, I mean, he, it's kind of just like he is what he is. I mean, he, back then, you know, correct me if I'm, you know, vice president didn't do too much. So yeah. Now, what what were your thoughts? This should be interesting. What were your thoughts on Eldridge Jerry uh, temporarily serving as vice president from uh, 
1813 to 1814, very temporarily. Of course, he's the considered the founder of gerrymandering. What are your thoughts on... That's funny, yeah. Funny, yeah. Uh, you know, on the issue, like, are you talking, like, if you want to know about, um, like, gerrymandering? Well, what were your thoughts on him being chosen as, uh, vice president? Oh, I don't know if that was, like, the best idea. I mean, it kind of just comes down to, you know, the gerrymandering idea, but I don't really have too big of an opinion on him, per se. I mean, you can argue about what gerrymandering does. Yeah. Because I think that's probably what he's best known for, but I don't have too big of an opinion on him. Interesting. How about you? Are you... I mean, I... I no, I was... I don't think... I don't think choosing him as vice president was had anything to do with gerrymandering. I don't yeah. think it was as as widely known at the time. Um, I know he was a strong anti-federalist. Yeah. Too, so, least, I mean, yeah. I don't think it was the worst decision. He didn't do much as, as vice president. He never yeah. became president. Um, That's what I kind of have no opinion. It's like, you know, vice president didn't really do too much... Uh, but it's yeah. interesting just that the guy, because you hear all the time, you hear, this party's gerrymandering, this party's gerrymandering. Well, you can blame that guy, and he was uh, he was vice president of Madison for a year and a half. How do you feel about gerrymandering? How do I feel about gerrymandering? Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. particularly like it. Yeah, it's like just one of those things like, ugh. It's just, I mean, it's not really ethical at all. Yeah. And it's... Because it's funny, like, the gerrymandering in our area, like, uh... But what is that? I'd be like, interested to know what people, you know, think should happen, because some people have suggested that they just appoint, a pro, like, an independent uh, group of people to redistrict... But the problem is who would appoint the but the problem is who would appoint those people? Most people would say the governor of, of what whichever state, but the problem is if the, the governor, governor is Republican, yeah. they're gonna get a right leaning independent voter, or if the governor is a Democrat, they're gonna get uh, a, a Democrat uh, or a left leaning um, independent guy. Because I think they try that in California. Cuomo here in New York has suggested that, but who I mean who do you think is gonna redraw the districts they're gonna they're probably gonna get um and they're probably gonna get somebody who aligns with cuomo's views and is a neoliberal yeah i mean can i like that was a big issue in my state too on the gerrymandering yeah i think it would be hard to do an independent i think maybe almost like a state supreme court would or maybe like a judge should do it would you yeah. kind of agree well <laughs> what they did in pennsylvania this past election cycle was they determined that there was gerrymandering uh, in the House districts there. So they had to redistrict, even though it's, you know, it's it, there's no new census. They still had to redistrict. And so what they what this Pennsylvania Supreme Court said was, OK, listen, we're not going to redistrict it. But the governor and the state legislature have to work together to do that. The legislature just happened to be controlled by Republicans. The, the governor of Pennsylvania just happens to be a Democrat. So the two of them had to work together to get... That got ugly, I bet. Yeah, to, to do that. And then 
I think the Republicans gained a seat in Pennsylvania this past midterm, and the Democrats gained like one or two seats in this past midterm in Pennsylvania. Um, but it's not it going to work like, that way yeah. in every state because in some states there's a Democratic governor and a Democratic legislature. In some states there's uh, a Republican governor and a Republican state legislature. Ours just became a Democratic governor. So that's interesting because that was one of the issues was uh, uh, the gerrymandering because a lot of people got mad at the... Um, Scott Walker. Yeah, because of how the gerrymandering went. And, uh, you know, you can see why they're mad because uh, a lot of counties were, like, split in half. Or, yeah. And if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, Wisconsin has a Republican legislature. They do. So if they want to stop gerrymandering, uh, the new governor has to work with the Republican-led state legislature. So that would be interesting. That would be interesting. You're from Pennsylvania or New I'm York? I'm from New York. Uh, that, that's big. Um, and well, funny enough, uh, one other thing I want to talk about. DeWitt Clinton, the guy who ran against, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, James Madison. He um, obviously he did. He had Clinton's ditch. He had the Erie Canal. I actually live right near uh, where the Erie Canal is located. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's like walking distance from my house. Yeah. But anyways, um, back to Madison. <laughs> back to Madison. We got a little off track there. Um, anything else you want to say about Madison before we? Uh, <laughs> We sign off. I was going to say, uh, he's one of the better presidents, in my opinion. Uh, I think the big problem is the bank. Uh, you know, I think the good stuff, I think most of the things I like him for, he did before presidency, kind of. But, I mean, I think the Constitution might have been too big, a, you know, gave the government too much power. But I like the Bill of Rights, at least. And, you know, I think he would have given us good advice had we listened to it. But, of course didn't work the constitution didn't work you know but right now it's kind of what we have but uh what was i gonna say i think you know again one of the better ones because a lot of the stuff he did do didn't affect us today you know it didn't have the huge impact i think he probably you know handled the war as best as he could you know he wanted diplomatic but you know when the british are attacking ships <laughs> burn down the white house but, uh, yeah, and obviously as vice presidents, I'm not too informed because, you know, they weren't really presidents, so I don't have too big of opinions on them, and, you know, they didn't really do much, but, you know, they are both anti-federalists, so that's good. But, uh... What score would you give him on a scale of 1 to 10? Oh, uh, let's see, 10 being the best? Yeah, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst. I'd say, like, maybe a 7? Yeah. I'd say a seven, seven and a half. I, I'm going to give him a seven and a half. I think he did a good job to dismantle federalism, but yeah, the I war, like I don't know. The war is iffy. There are a couple oh, other yeah. things, but the war was iffy. I think it was just inevitable. In my opinion, I think it was almost inevitable and he yeah. handled it better than like Henry Clay would have. Cause Henry Clay was basically a neocon before neoconservatism. Like, he was the first neocon. Yeah. Yeah, Henry Clay was extremely hawkish, so I think he handled it better than Henry Clay would have. I don't know if it was perfect, but uh, 
Well, luckily they elected Polk instead of Henry Clay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, well, that's just a, one of those things. It's not as black and white as, like, for me, as, like, the war in Iraq, I can confidently say, like, you know, I'm against that. Vietnam, you know, I can say I'm against that. You know, it's just the War of AT-12, it's like, well, we were kind of attacked, you know, is it then justified to protect our country? And, you know? Yeah. yeah. All Although, right. Overall, I'd say a 7 out of 10, you know. He didn't, you know, he did see the end of federalism. That was good. But the bank and the war FE, so I think seven's good. Okay. All right. Anything uh, you give I- him a 7.5, too? I said? give him a 7.5. Um, so just to recap, President, so far I gave Washington a 10, uh, Adams a seven and a half, uh, Jefferson an eight, and Madison a seven and a half. So Washington's your best, huh? So far, yeah. Yeah. But um, on next week's uh, episode, we are going to finish off the Founding Father Presidents with James Mad- uh, James Monroe. Uh, before we uh, sign off, is there anything else you want to say about Madison, or um, not really? Uh, too much, I guess. Uh, the only other issue, I guess, is slavery. But the you know, because that kind of destroyed his reputation. Mm. Do you have like an opinion on that sort of? Um, I think with with slavery, I think it was I know tragic his slaves. and horrible. Um. <laughs> I, I do understand that it was the time period and people had a different perception yeah. of society at the time, but it was still tragic and just awful. Oh, yeah, I agree it was tragic. However, uh, Madison freed his slaves, if I'm not mistaken. I know. I, I'd be interested to look into that. I know Washington um, freed his slaves before he died. Adams never owned slaves. He was appalled by the concept of slavery. Um, Jefferson had... A, yeah, Adams never owned slaves. He's yeah. the only founding father to become president that never owned slaves because he was just appalled by the concept yeah. of slavery. And then um, I know that... Um, uh, what, uh, what's his name? Um, Madison, um, I don't know what happened with his slaves, but I know Jefferson had a controversial record with slaves. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'd have to double, I can double check real quick, but, uh, yeah, I think he sold his, he sold his slaves. Yeah. Or, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure though. Um. I mean, I could be wrong. But anyways, anything else you want to say about? him no uh seven out of ten obviously his owning slaves was awful you know but uh okay all right all right so see you next time next week for james monroe truth justice decency equality freedom Democracy. She is a frontrunner for the Democratic nomination for president in 2020. She's been at odds with Trump on multiple occasions. You'll accuse me of lying, so I need to be correct as best I can. I do want you to be honest. And I'm not able to uh, 
uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous. This is Kamala Harris, and this is her story. The candidates. Donald Trump has got to be defeated, and I intend to do everything that I can with every other progressive in America, making sure that that happens. Their stories. We got a real opportunity to build something. And their fight for the White House. Keep America great! Exclamation point. Keep America great. This is Presidential Profile 2020. At that inflection moment, where were you? This is that moment. It's our job to remind the American people that we're looking out for them. So all of you, showing the country how you do this. The special interests and the powerful have such an outsized influence and outcome to restore our democracy. Kamala Devai Harris was born on October 20th, 1964 to Tamil and Shamla in Oakland, California. Kamala, who is mixed race, is of Jamaican descent. Kamala's name is a Sanskrit word for locust flower. She has one sibling, Maya. The family resided in Berkeley until Kamala was seven years old when her parents got a divorce. Shamala received custody of Kamala. Harris graduated from the University of California. As an adult, Harris took an interest in law. She was Deputy Attorney General for Almeda County from 1990 to 1998, until 2004 when she ran for San Francisco District Attorney. She defeated two-term incumbent Terrence Hoannon. In April of that year, Isaac Espinoza, a San Francisco police department officer was murdered. Harris controversially opted not to seek the death penalty for his murderer. Eventually, Senator Dianne Feinstein, who previously served as the city's mayor, encouraged Harris to seek the death penalty, but Harris still declined to do so. Eventually, Espinoza's killer was given life in prison. Harris founded the Back on Track initiative to get nonviolent drug offenders a second chance. The program was controversial as illegal immigrants were a part of it. However, Republican Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger eventually signed it into law. Harris ran unopposed in 2007 for re-election. In 2008, rumors spread that Harris could be making a run for the presidency. She instead supported Illinois Senator Barack Obama over New York Senator and former First Lady Hillary Clinton. In 2008, Harris announced her candidacy for Attorney General of California in 2010. She faced off against Republican Los Angeles District Attorney Steve Cooley. A favorable year for Republicans made the race down to the wire. On election night, Jerry Brown defeated Meg Whitman easily in the gubernatorial election, and Barbara Boxer took down Carly Fiorina in the U.S. Senate race. This gave Harris a slight boost. On election day, she defeated Cooley by a narrow 46 to 45 percent margin. As attorney general, she took a more tough on crime approach, supporting the death penalty more often and enforcing strict anti-prostitution laws. I've been consistent my whole career. Um, 
My career has been based on an understanding, one, that as a prosecutor, my duty was to seek and make sure that the most vulnerable and voiceless among us are protected. And that is why I have personally prosecuted violent crime that includes rape, child molestation, and homicide. In 2014, Harris ran for re-election and faced off against former California Deputy Attorney General Ronald Gold, who ran as a Republican. She beat him by a comfortable 57 to 42 percent margin. In 2016, Harris was rumored to be chosen as the running mate to former Secretary of State, former New York Senator, and former First Lady Hillary Clinton, who was running on the Democratic line for president against Republican New York businessman Donald Trump. However, Harris declined the opportunity, instead running for the U.S. Senate seat left vacant by retiring Democrat Barbara Boxer. Harris faced one Democrat in the general election, Congresswoman Loretta Sanchez. Harris defeated Sanchez by a landslide 61-38% to margin. Upon joining the U.S. Senate, she became a harsh critic of President Donald Trump. She came to promise for her scathing questions towards Trump cabinet picks. But if that parent has a four-year-old child, what do you plan on doing with that child? The child under law goes to HHS for care and custody. They will be separated from their parent. Just and like so we do question, in the United States so, every day. So they will be separated from their parent. In the Senate, Harris supported Medicare for All and took a fiscally and socially liberal stance on the issues. Harris became an instant rising star in the Democratic Party with many recommending her for president in 2020. And in January 2019, Harris officially made her announcement on ABC's Good Morning America. First elected to the Senate in 2016 after 20 years as a prosecutor, including stints as the district attorney for San Francisco and attorney general of California. And Senator Harris has also been laying the groundwork for a run for the White House. It is great to have you with us on this special holiday. Do you have an announcement you'd like to make? I am running for president of the United States. Well, and, <laughs> and I'm very excited about it. I'm hey, very excited about it. You, you mentioned polls showed Harris amongst the top three Democrats nationally, along with former Vice President and former Delaware Senator Joe Biden and Vermont Senator and former Congressman Bernie Sanders. Now she hopes to be the first woman president. And I believe for all of us, history will say, and our children and our grandchildren will ask, at that inflection moment, where were you? Stay tuned to Politics Weekly every Tuesday and now President Review every Friday for a new segment for Presidential Profiles 2020.